0: So, John, after three weeks of episodes, we got to the end of our parables series. Uh, do you ever want to look at a parable again?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I do. Me I, I've too. A, yeah, absolutely. I've had a fresh energy for the parables and really thoroughly enjoyed our conversations. I mean, I hope our listeners did. And I know we've had some really uh, lovely and encouraging feedback, which is fabulous. But just taking your time, slowing that stuff down, um, not reducing those magnificent parables of Jesus to sort of soundbite theology and actually letting them breathe a little bit, letting them speak Oh, that's, that's just been so fantastic. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. And what's been lovely for me, David, in, in, in a general reflection, is that it's just helped me again in our conversation to look with fresh eyes on lots of stuff I was familiar with. And as my would have said, familiarity, it can breed contempt. You can become a little bit overly familiar and then your brain says, oh, I know what this parable's about. I know what this, <laughs> oh, yeah, I've read this before. I, yeah, I've i read the Gospels a gazillion times as a follower of Jesus. And I think the exercise has been lovely. And I hope our listeners have grabbed this, that it's just been a beautiful, slow this thing down frame by frame, as well as seeing where it sits in the broader picture of the story. So it's ah,
0: it's been brilliant. Dave. I've learned so much. For me, it's been interesting how, So many times in my life, I will say to people, okay, so the text is like an onion. You've got to peel it layer by layer. And I think it's important to note, even that all that I am is maybe a couple of few layers further ahead than somebody that might be listening, because I've had moments where I've sat down and thought, oh my goodness, I've never connected those two things together, or I've not seen that. In the text before, I could take you to several points throughout the series where in my study and prep for the podcast episode, I realized, oh, look at that word. I've never, how have I never and there's that moment where you know those those sort of like hidden pictures and things like mm. that that you get sometimes. But once you've seen the thing, you can't unsee the thing. Yeah. And then you find yourself thinking, How did I never see that before? And I found that with the parables, which I hope comes across. That there is this quest to keep digging into Scripture that isn't, you know, there isn't really a bottom to it. You can keep going down, the way that you've shown us so often, connecting this parable to this text in the Bible, or this story in the Bible, or this other part of the text. The moments where, you know, bits and pieces of, of of parables that we've taken are very famous, but then we've pointed out that actually the context, the surrounding stories. Weren't known to everybody. I found all of that just, just really exciting again, John. And 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 I joked at the start, just then, saying, "Do you not want to look at parables again?" And my actual <laughs> genuine feeling is, I'm a little sad that we've finished yeah. the series on parables. For sure, for sure,
1: totally agree. And and I I think all the things I really hope our listeners have enjoyed. And being able to reflect on themselves is, is the sort of connectedness and the contextualization of some of those beautiful stories. We've, we've said it over and over again. When you vacuumize them, when you pull the parable out of the native soil in which it was planted, so to speak, it can become something other than I think Jesus intended it to be. And of course, we have to be very careful that we are not setting ourselves up as the experts of the interpreters of Jesus. Um, <laughs> but we have all made mistakes. If if every preacher, communicator, follower of Jesus is being honest, who's listening to us, we've all made mistakes where we have read into the text instead of reading out of it, or we have missed something really obvious because we vacuumized it and disconnected it from either the immediate flow of the passage, which, I mean, how many times, David, has that happened to us, where the immediate flow has been like light bulb moments and and power and weight. But also, of course, as we've leaned into Jesus' brilliance at connecting the themes of the Tanakh, the themes of the Old Testament, into his everyday ministry. And those themes run time and time again. He drops these breadcrumbs. And if you're searching if you're looking if your ears are open to hear to hear or you're as we reflected once your eyes are open to hear <laughs> if <laughs> if you've got if you've got your sort of antenna on you're you're spotting the breadcrumb and you go wow hold on i didn't see that before and then yes. suddenly you're into another layer of these magnificent ideas so it's i hope that's been a blessing to the listeners
0: and, and even like the little things like i was laughing as i was working through some of the edits i was laughing at how there's these moments of the good Samaritan, right? yeah. and then we notice he's never called good okay. in the whole parable. Um, I, I, I was halfway through the episode um, about the, the persistent widow and the unjust judge, and I've taught that and worked on that. and And then you pointed out, you know, he's never actually called unjust. We just make that assumption based on the things that he said. And I was like, oh, my yeah. goodness, I'm halfway through a podcast and I've noticed this for the first time. Sure. I mean, for me, one of the things that has excited me in the series, and I really hope people grasp that, is the the multi layered nature of the parables that they like. We started by saying, be careful not just to simply relegate these to kids' stories, but I think there's another section of of don't stop teaching these to your children either. So we're not trying to elevate them away from that. Their simplicity Mm -hmm. at level one is their attraction. Mm-hmm. But it's funny how you start reading these parables and it's like, these are children's stories. <laughs> By the end of a three-week series on the parables, I wonder how many of our people would would sit back and say, I kind of understand why Jesus got himself killed now <laughs> because yes. some of these parables are deeply controversial. <laughs>
1: Profoundly controversial. And, and again, I think, doesn't it show us, uh, if any of our listeners are Preachers, communicators, teachers—how often, I suppose, in modern church, we fall into the trap of almost using the parable as a sermon illustration in saying something Mm. else. When actually, it's a three-course lunch all by itself. It's not just an add-on. It's not oh, yeah, let's throw this in as a little bit of a, a bit of a sort of an appetizer. No, this thing, this thing sits in its own right. It speaks to us and it informs us. And of course, once we permit ourselves to get into the cultural context of the world of Jesus, the complexity of the religious world, the polarization of the social world of Jesus. Oh, my goodness. Then these parables are one of the analogies I think we've used more than once are hand grenades that he just drops (laughs) <laughs> and then you go right shrapnel about to happen this is this is this is going to spread and who knows what it's going to do so so there is this i i i think jesus ability to communicate with his audience to push hard on some things to go soft on other things to throw stuff out that seems to be fairly self-explanatory and in other stuff that actually needs a follow-up conversation his genius at being able to move around that and navigate that in in the genre of the parables is stunning because there's it doesn't feel to me like there's there's one template for the parables. It's like yeah. it's it's covering a range of amazing communication from Jesus about the kingdom of God.
0: And, and I'm really wanting to push a little on that thought of them just not being illustrations because. What struck me, and I suppose this probably isn't a surprise to most people, but it's not like you and I come from a lifetime of focused, intense work simply on the parables. We've been working on my, my sort of subject specialties. We're more in the Pauline letters. Mm. So In my life, I've taught series on the parables in churches, but the intensity of producing a three-week podcast series was very different, because, and also you were not governed by some of the same preaching requirements. So let's just keep digging and see what we get. Something that struck me, and I wonder if you would resonate with this is there has been a tendency in my experience, exactly as you say, to say, okay, here's the parable. Here's this nice, this is a nice warm up that gets us into thinking about something. And then we'll jump to some of the speech sections of Jesus or into Paul's letters to now do the proper theology and understand. And I think that sometimes in that change that we make, so when we talk about, let's take grace as an example that appears regularly in the parables, when we use the parable as the sort of starter intro, and then we try and theologize ourselves out of that, what we end up with, the grace that we end up with always seems a little anemic. Yes. Whereas what it strikes me is that here would we thing. I think, here's my, here's my big statement, and tell me whether you agree with me or not, and, and you're welcome not to. <laughs> I think you could actually reconstruct the entire gospel just from the parables that we've got. I think mm-hmm. all of the messages of grace and, and like, and I'm being, I realize that could sound reductionist, and I don't mean it that. But if all you had was a book with with just the parables in it, I I think you've got enough data there if you're really willing to struggle with it to find all of the glory of the of the gospel of its grace of its freedom of its restoration its reconciliation, and I've not often encountered people really pushing that message. It's more what you were saying, this kind of illustration until we get onto the real thing. But actually, I think if you did stick with the parables, and again, really cautiously saying that, because I don't want people to say, don't read anything else, that's not what I'm saying. Sure. But the radical grace of Jesus is absolutely there in its full splendor, if you'll stop long enough to look at it.
1: I mean, would, would you agree with that, John? Completely. I, I mean, I, I think my upbringing Okay, without being disingenuous to an upbringing in church that I'm so grateful for. So, let me caveat everything I'm about to say with that. But my upbringing we tended to relegate the teaching of Jesus in the gospels to the sort of conversation to the non-Christian. So, so the words of Jesus were often used for for sermons to a non-Christian context and then when you were doing Bible studies, that's where you did the other bits of the Bible. And actually, I, I've been appealing for many years now, having, having done a lot of work in, in the Gospel of Luke and saying we, as Christians, we must be much more intentional about our study, reflection of and communication of the Gospels, uh, in general and the incredible teaching of Jesus within those Gospels and Absolutely. I mean, we, you and I have talked about reading backwards from Jesus into Tanakh and reading forward into Paul and John and mm. James and Peter from Jesus, because without Jesus, Paul doesn't really make sense. And without Jesus, Moses doesn't make sense, as far as a Christian mm. worldview is concerned. And so it is absolutely vital we understand Jesus. And when you think about the sheer volume of what he unpacks through a parable medium. We've got to take those parables absolutely seriously, or we are in danger of missing vital, not just connectors, but I think vital foundational ideas Mm -hmm. in the story of grace, in the story of, I mean, uh, David, I I mean, the parable of the the, the master of the vineyard who hires the workers, I mean, seriously. (laughs) That that alone stands as a magnificent story of of grace and generosity, and it offends every sense of our (laughs) self-righteousness and our self-achievement and our hyphenated self-world and spirituality. So if you just uh, if you just sat in that for a while, there would be so many layers of an understanding of grace. And that's just Mm one parable from the mouth of Jesus that, yeah. that we could then nuance site, right. So, yeah, absolutely.
0: And so part of me hopes for the series, it's it's there, it's live, it's online now. I hope people go back to it. I hope that people listen to some of those parable, those parable podcasts again, not because I want people listening to us again, but no. just to remind them that there's stuff in there that needs digging around with. I've heard of some people saying to me, Oh, maybe we could use these in our in our small group, in our house group at, at home. Absolutely, they're a great resource. If you want to preach a series on the parables, you can you can sort of steal them and use them, and you don't even need to credit us if you don't want to. <laughs> just have those
1: ideas. It was it was funny, David. I was speaking to someone on Sunday uh, at a church that I was ministering at, and she said, "I am loving your two text podcasts," and this is this is just ordinary member of the church she's mm. she's not employed by the church or she's not a preacher teacher just just loves jesus serves her local church and then she said what what's the next series so after parables and so i was giving her a little bit of a preview and she said so do i have to pay for that then <laughs> and i said no 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 this is free it's it's just it's always going to be free it's we 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 want you just enjoy this. And she was blo- she thought we were sort of pulling her into a to a free series in order to grab her eventually. And I said, <laughs> Oh no, no, no. No, this whole thing's for free. We we've been blessed. We've been made rich by a fantastic opportunities that we have. We want to give all this stuff away. And we don't mind if you give it away either. So so she was thrilled. Yeah. She was pumped because yeah. the
0: next series is free. So two things, then, two things from two texts. I I do think, I just want to say thank you to everybody who has got involved, listened and shared this, like the, the numbers, John, when I look at our podcasting hosting company telling us that We were in the top 10% of their released podcasts in our release month, and we only released at the end of the month. It looks like we'd be very close to top five. We were appearing in in a few religion and spirituality charts in in, in that opening week, which was just amazing. And I mean, for me, I always thought it'd be nice if people listened. I didn't expect thousands of people listening in so quickly. And so I think from both of us, it's just a big thanks to everybody who who has shared this yeah, uh, widely via all sorts of you know processes of social media and text and email and everything True. like that. So blessed, so blessed. And then the second thing is then just a little. What are we going to ne- do next? The the lady asked you, is the next series <laughs> going to be for cost? Well, know the next series is going to be free. We're going to be dropping to our original plan, which is a couple of texts that we'll look at every two weeks. So so there'll be episodes appearing every two weeks to allow you and I to keep working at our day jobs. But let's chat a little bit about that. So our, our next series uh, is going to be about miracles.
1: So excited. So excited about that. Yeah, absolutely. Parables to miracles. And of course, it. I think one of the things I'm loving about the second series is it remains profoundly Jesus-centric. Yes. And I think one of the things I've been certainly picking up from feedback that has come to me via to text listeners is we're, we're loving the Jesus centricity. We're loving the mm. fact that we're not getting bogged down with other issues. We may have to take those on, but but there's a there's a beauty and purity about that's just think Jesus. let's just think about Jesus, and let's allow Jesus to think into our world. And I think people are loving that, responding to that. So this series is then another step into that beautiful Jesus centricity, looking at some of His. Gorgeous miracles, but also not just, Oh, here's Jesus and he heals someone, but, but thinking, reflecting about why that happens, the context in which that happens, what happens after that happens? Is that somehow connected to his, his message and how does he use all of that? I love that. And, and I'm really excited about the outline we've designed together and some of the stories we are going to talk about. David, I can't
0: wait. It's just, it's. Oh, so excited! I'm, about it. I'm exactly the same. And I dare say there'll be a few comments relating to parables throughout that season as, as well. <laughs> but like you, I'm excited. Jesus told a lot of parables. So we, we've kind of looked at some of them. He also did a lot of pretty incredible things as well. My experiences as a sort of younger person and, and growing up into biblical academia, the big question about the miracles of Jesus was basically always, did they happen or did they not happen? True. And If they did happen, wow, that's amazing. And if they didn't happen, then big questions about our faith. Mm -hmm. And and what we're trying to do in this series, of course, is not simply get bogged down in that question of did they happen or didn't they happen. That's always going to be a question of faith for people. You and I are both of the persuasion that these stories are true. This is what happened. As incredible as that is, that's the point. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. when Jesus fed 5,000 people, nobody was standing there going, oh, another one of these. It was revolutionary, shocking, unexpected, right? But... What the gospel reader, writers are often doing is they're showing us these stories, not simply to say, wow, look, Jesus did amazing things, but there's an underlying, like there was with the parables, there's layers of depth here of lessons, of, of practical applications for us today about what it means for Jesus to do this sort of thing. Yeah. And I'm really excited about digging into some of that and, and having having hopefully our listeners go, wow, that, that miracle story now has immense application for me to think about in my journey of faith and spirituality today. For
1: sure. And and we don't want in any way to minimize the incredible supernatural dynamic of these wonderful miracles. And as you said, and we're very happy to be upfront about that, we accept these incredible stories at a at a supernatural faith level, but but just to see them as as actions of miraculous intervention on their own, is to miss, mm-hmm. to go back to the onion that we started with, is to miss layer upon layer of message and nuance and impact. And I think Jesus communicating something in and through and beyond the incredible moment that we would call a miracle. And I, I'm excited about about holding in tension both those ideas, celebrating the <laughs> supernatural, but digging into something of the deep, meaning of some of those fantastic moments uh, in the life of Jesus
0: absolutely John so <laughs> so to our dear listeners if you have not had enough of us being really excited about parables <laughs> then next <laughs> up from June 22nd is John and I being really excited about miracle (laughs) stories in the Gospels and no doubt taking you far afield from the Gospels into Paul and the Old Testament and and other things at the same time. So we'd love to invite you uh, to just join us again on June 22nd as we begin our our second season of two texts on the miracles of Jesus and, and, and what they might mean for us.